welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Salama Paki. That is good morning in Indonesian, probably with a shocking accent. Uh, but hi there. And thank you for being here and listening to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. This is the first ever international episode because I am recording this episode in Bali. Um, Mick and I decided to have a little bit of a fairly last minute trip and so we're currently in very sunny Changu in Bali and we've been enjoying eating delicious food and having lots of massages and facials and ocean and pool swims and it's even more exciting because it's starting to get a bit cold back in Sydney so this episode is bringing you a little bit of extra sunshine. Now this week whilst we're here we're also having some time to reflect on what's going on in our lives personally and professionally and how we might potentially want to simplify a few things and I guess look at all the different things we've currently got going on and what's happening in our lives. We've got multiple businesses, we've got multiple cars and multiple investment properties including one that's still under construction as well as the house that we live in in Sydney which needs a bit of love it's quite an old house and probably needs a little bit of sprucing and so decisions need to be made about that house about are we keeping it are we selling it and depending on that decision that will influence what we do or don't do so you know there's just a lot going on and so decisions need to be made and changes are ahead and you know that for most people, change is scary, partly because our brains are wired to want to keep us safe and in familiar territory. So anything outside of the known and familiar space is automatically categorized or reacted to as being bad. So anytime we're faced with potentially making some kind of change, our brains send messages to fire up the right kind of cocktail of chemicals, to make us steer clear of that and to stay doing whatever it is that we're already doing, regardless of if that current reality, that current thing is actually good for us or not, or whether it's actually what we want to do or not. And it's, it's weird like that. So you, you just want to understand that and gear yourself up to be able to more consciously choose the change that you that will actually ultimately serve you not just staying safe and with the same old same old because that seems easiest and less scary plus there's actually a process to creating change and that's what I want to share with you today and it's a, especially a great reminder for me too with all the things that we're looking at because without knowing this process I guess there's a lot of the time you can be putting a lot of pressure on yourself to create change really quickly, to rush it. You just want to rip it off like a Band-Aid, especially if it's something you feel like, oh, I really know I need to or I should make this change and you just want to launch into it or do nothing. It's kind of one of those two extremes. 
And then you can get cranky when the change doesn't happen fast enough or it doesn't stick as quickly as you might like it to. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a little while, you've probably noticed that I like a good quote. And so one that I found that's connected or relevant to the concept of creating change was by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And he says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And so looking at this model that we're going to go through today, hopefully that might give you a different perspective of being able to help you change the way you're looking at a situation and the concept of creating change. And then you can more readily be able to create the change that you're looking for. Because the other thing is to keep in mind is that sometimes you might be aware that you want to maybe change something, but you don't and you resist it. And the, the brain handbraking takes over and you don't initiate the change yourself, then a couple of things can happen. Sometimes things will just drift along, same old, same old, and you just hope that somehow, miraculously, something's going to be better or you won't feel as bad anymore. But what tends to happen is when you do that, you get faced with change happening, but as a result of other people's agenda or issues, or unfortunately, sometimes the universal boot comes along to give you a really dramatic shove to try and get that change happening. And I tell you what, having been through that a couple of times, that's never fun. But it can and does happen. So it's way better for you to be proactive and to initiate the change that you're wanting yourself or at least initiate some change that's in the direction that you're wanting. Well, that's been my experience anyway. But what would you rather do? Would you rather just leave it to drift along, leave it to chance or leave it to other people to initiate change in your life or jump in the driver's seat yourself? I think we both know which one I prefer. <laughs> but from a dictionary point of view, I looked in the Oxford Dictionary, online of course, and it defines change as to make or become different. And I quite like that because it's a really nice, strong, simple definition. And it also covers both bases of that you are going to make a change or you're going to become different. Another uh, element, because, you know, obviously there's, there's lots of different, you know, little versions and uh, slight distinctions in definitions that they share. There's another one that was give up or get rid of something in exchange for something else. So again, that concept of change often means it's something is stopping and something new is starting. And the third one that I liked was an act or a process through which something becomes different an act or a process through which something becomes different. That's what we're going to be looking at today is what's the process through which you can create a different outcome for yourself. Now really what we're going to be looking at is we're going to look at this from the point of view of actioning some sort of change in your life, your work, your situation that is initiated by you. So we're not just hanging back waiting for the universal boot or somebody else to make the decision for you. You're wanting to drive this change, whatever it is. So what I'm going to share with you are the five stages of change so that you can use it as a bit of a map to make your plan for whatever you potentially are going to explore changing in your life or your work. And I came across this model a while ago in an article that I read somewhere um, and I, I cannot find where it was anymore, but 
I really loved it for its simplicity and its practicality. And, you know, I love learning about human behavior, but also I always want it to be something that I can actually apply for myself or my clients. Otherwise, it's just theory. And I want it to be something that's it's actionable. And if I can remember it, if especially if it's a little model, then even better. Because if it's too complicated and hard to remember, then it's not likely to be applied in any kind of practical way. So what are these five stages? Well, there's an abbreviation to help you remember them. And I really love that. Love a good abbreviation. So the abbreviation for these five stages is PCPAM. And we'll go through all five of them. Now, the first stage is called pre-contemplation. This is the stage where you're actually a bit oblivious that you might want or would benefit from making a change. So let's kind of choose an example of an area of life such as your work life. So during this pre-contemplation stage, you're kind of in a state of contentment or maybe feeling neutral. You feel like pretty much everything is trucking along quite nicely, so all good. You're not even aware that change is an option or something that you could be thinking about. But this is still a stage to be considered because everything changes at some point. It's just a matter of when, what, and how. So in this stage, there's nothing to be done except just keep enjoying whatever is going on. The second stage is called contemplation. Now, this is where, for whatever reason, you start to consider, hmm, maybe I could or would benefit from making some kind of change. You might be not sure yet what specifically you want to change, but you're starting to realize, oh, crap, okay, this is maybe not all hearts and flowers and unicorn rainbows and whatever, and maybe I need to make some sort of change or I need to at least think about it. So let's look at an example. Um, Say something happens at work and it's a bit of an issue that makes you start to think, oh, you might need to actually make something happen or make something change. Now, I have a friend who this happened to recently. Let's call him Simon, uh, where he had a conversation with his boss that rocked him a little bit. Previously, he'd loved his job. Yes, there were challenges and things like that, but he really kind of thought, yep, I'm in my groove. I do a great job, get great results. There's pressure on, but that's just normal. He He was thought things were okay. But then his kids went through a bit of a phase of being unwell, and that meant that he had to take some time off to care for them because his wife also worked and they had to share that responsibility. Now, carers leave when you're an employee is there for exactly this reason. But his boss had a conversation with him and said that maybe um, he and his wife needed to organize something different, like maybe his wife should actually take more time off instead of him as his work was more important. So let's just park the many, many issues with this conversation that the Simon's boss had with him and uh, the poor implementation of that conversation or what his intention was because we don't know. But we just look at the impact of it. The impact was that this conversation made Simon realize, crap, there is actually a world of difference between how I think And what I think is really important to me and what my boss, my organization thinks is important. And it really prompted him to realize, wow, 
if that's genuinely what my boss as representative of the organization and the culture that they're creating, if that's really what they're going for, then I really need to think about potentially doing something different. So that's a classic example of the contemplation stage kicking in. Then the third stage is preparation. So by the time you get to this stage, you have already realized that you need to change something, but maybe you're not quite sure yet what exactly you want to change or change to. So this is totally a research phase where you start to explore options. You're not committing to anything yet, but you are solidly starting to look into options. You're starting to at least consider. You start to look at what would have to be in place before you could make a change. It's planning, it's researching, it's exploring. Now, this is where you start to mentally commit to some sort of change happening, even though you're not necessarily exactly sure what that change might be. It's a really important phase because without that mental commitment, it can be easy for you to just slip back into contemplation, stewing in the juices of the situation or just thinking I'm stuck here, or even going right back to pre-contemplation of just pretending that everything's okay. Or worse, you can jump straight into the next stage, which you're probably not ready for yet if you haven't done this preparation stage, really not you haven't done it well yet. So with Simon, remembering not his real name, this is where he started to think about well, what other roles he might want. If he was going to change his job, what might he want to do next? What might he be a fit for? What would be important to him in a new role? And he also started to think about and started to look at his resume, who his existing connections within his professional network were, you know, who could he potentially reach out to when he was ready. He started looking at his LinkedIn profile and importantly, started conversations with his wife to really look at what they wanted for themselves, big picture, you know, longer term in their lives, what they would want for themselves as a couple and for their family what they would be open to, what they're not going to be open to. So that's some big picture, you know, questions that they're starting to explore. So this is the research and planning phase. It's a priming phase, getting you really super ready for the next stage. Stage four, which is action. This is where you really commit to change because you're taking action. And I think it's Tony Robbins who says that, No real decision has been made until you are taking action in support of that decision. So this fourth stage, the action stage, is where the rubber hits the road and things are being done off the back of the planning you did in the preparation stage. Now, often people jump straight into the action stage from contemplation. They get annoyed or frustrated by something and then they jump straight into actioning. Now, that can be a mistake because it's likely to be really reactive rather than well thought out action. And that's when things can happen that backfire on you, you're being a bit rash or that it leads you to, yes, a new situation, but it may not necessarily be a better or a different situation to what you already had. So the quality of your preparation time really comes to the fore in this action phase. If you've done solid preparation work, then this stage becomes a lot clearer and a lot easier. You're just implementing basically. So in this stage, our friend Simon started to actually take action. He was having some early conversations with people that I guess he regarded were 
trusted advisors and contacts in his network to just start to plant the seed that maybe there could be some things changing that he might be open to, you know, moving on and what sort of roles he'd be open to. He hired someone to rework and update his CV and his LinkedIn profile. He and his wife started looking at tangible things on the home front to help create a bit of a stable financial base for them to prime themselves for the potential of an initial drop in income for a period of time or if he didn't get in at the same level in a new role. Now, this is the doing of making the change happen. And depending on your situation and what it is that you're trying to change, this can take some time. But all you're doing is taking consistent action towards the result that you want and then responding to the new information as it happens. And now you're at the last phase, the fifth stage, which is maintenance. Now, this is another stage that people either tend to not know that it exists or they just want to skip over it really quickly. We think that sort of once the action has been taken and maybe the new reality exists, then that's it. Change is done. But this final stage can sometimes be the hardest because this is actually embedding the new reality, whatever it is. And one of my coaches, Ben, often says, the hardest part of creating change is accepting that you have changed. Now, this on the surface level can sometimes seem like it applies more so to when you're making the change to yourself as a person uh, internally. So things like your mindset or your beliefs, etc., the reality is that the surface level observable change still needs to be accepted and the internal changes that come with it because changing your external circumstances will most likely challenge some of your internal beliefs about yourself, about life, about work and that all needs to be really recognized and accepted because sometimes there can be a feeling of a loss of identity you know, and that's a whole topic for a, another day, another episode. But a loss of identity that is associated with an old role or an old a situation or what you think it means for you to no longer have or be that thing. So it's really not to be underestimated. And I know for myself, when I left Nova and I was going through that phase of trying to consider, oh, if I don't, you know, have this job anymore then what does that mean about me? And I've attached so much of my identity to this role and everything that comes with it. Oh, I don't know if I don't want to have that anymore. So you really don't want to underestimate that component of creating change. Now, Simon is not at this stage yet. So I don't have the example for you about how that maintenance will look for him. But it really is about that embedding of really accepting, letting go of whatever the past thing was and really immersing into the new reality. So I'll have to keep you posted on how that goes for him maybe in a future episode. So that's the five stages of change. PC Pam. I love it as a model. I think it's really cool. So now it's over to you. Is there something that you want to change in your work or your personal life? How could you potentially use this model to recognize where you're at now in those five stages and maybe to map out a bit of a pathway to creating the change that you want? So are you feeling unfulfilled maybe in your work life? Maybe you feel like you've plateaued in your role or you're at a point where you feel like you're not doing what you really want to be doing. So this is a perfect map for you to use to look at your situation and how you move forward from here. 
Also, I am really excited to let you know that I am doing a free online workshop on exactly this topic. It's called How to Get Unstuck and Start Doing Work You Love. And I'm doing that on the 6th of June, 2018. So if you're listening to this episode before then, and that sounds like a topic you'd be interested in, if that's you, or maybe you know someone who is feeling a bit unhappy or unfulfilled in their role or wants to create some sort of change in their work life to do something more meaningful, then I'd love for you to send them the details so they can register for this completely free online workshop where I'll provide some really practical tips on how you or they can get started on making that move without having to quit your job tomorrow or live on the breadline. You know, we've all got bills to pay. So you can register for that workshop at thetransitlounge.com forward slash love hyphen your hyphen work hyphen webinar. I really should have chosen a shorter name for that webinar. But anyway, that's what it is. And I'll put the link to that in the show notes for this episode, which you'll be able to find on the webpage if that's where you're listening to this episode or in um, the iTunes app. You'll just scroll and see the notes there and I'll have a link there. And you know what? If you can't find the link and you want it, just message me on Facebook and I'll send you the link. You can find me at either Chandra Moran or The Transit Lounge, whatever's easiest for you. I would love to have you or someone that you care about on that session. Until then, have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.